This is Father Kevin Hale with the homily for the 16th Sunday in Ordinary Time, the 22nd of July. Now, normally we don't need much encouragement to think and say that our world leaders are often corrupt and inept. But if we needed evidence, and I think we've seen and heard it sufficiently over the past week, it seems that the more power that someone has, the greater the corruption. The higher we climb, the lower we fall, generally speaking. The writers of the Bible, the books of the Bible, on the other hand, always had a very realistic, even slightly jaundiced view of human nature. One of the marks of the Bible is that even the greatest figures that we read of in there are flawed, they're fallen. Just think about people such as Moses or David, Isaiah and company. Moses at one point doesn't believe God's word and so he's punished and isn't allowed to enter the promised land. Jacob is one of the greatest patriarchs but is a self-absorbed self cheat. Joseph the dreamer when he was a child was unbearable and obnoxious. King David was the greatest king of Israel that they'd ever had but was an adulterer and a murderer. And the stories go on and on. We don't need the muck raking journalism of today to uncover the flaws of these people because they're on display for everyone to read in the Bible. The Bible isn't romantic about leaders. In fact, it's part of the Bible's witness to show us that these people are deeply flawed. The biblical authors are especially suspicious of those who wield power and have authority. Now, power is not bad in itself. It can be, as it's one of, it can't be bad because it's one of the attributes of God. We describe God as all-powerful. But powerful people can, more easily than others, become corrupt. There's something about power and authority that goes to people's head and makes them go a bit silly. And this is the context of the readings of this Sunday, because God, despite his all-powerful being, wants us to have rulers, kings, after his own heart. And the model he gives us for this is that of the shepherd, because the shepherd personifies in himself, when he carries out his job properly, a firm but gentle leading of those in his care towards their homeland, to pastures that are fresh and green. These are the sentiments, of course, of the 23rd Psalm, and why it is such a popular prayer for all kinds of occasions. Even though these words of the psalm were written hundreds of years before Christ and the establishment of the Christian faith, they evoke the promise of eternity to which we look forward, especially when we're at Mass. You have prepared a banquet for me. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup is overflowing, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. No doubt these sentiments inspired many of the saints, like St Thomas Aquinas hundreds of years later, when he composed the texts for the Mass of Corpus Christi, O Sacrum Convivium, O Sacred Banquet, in which Christ is received, the memory of his passion is renewed, the soul is filled with grace, and a pledge of future glory is given to us. It is an intimate and loving relationship that is portrayed for us here, and that's painted for us also in the Eucharistic prayer of the Mass. Christ, as the shepherd, does not remain aloof 
or distant, but comes towards us. He's at our side with his rod and staff to comfort us. The Catechism of the Catholic Church explains our participation in the sacrifice of the Mass like this. The Eucharist is a sacrifice because it represents, it makes present, the sacrifice of the cross, because it applies its fruits to us. The sacrifice of Christ the Good Shepherd and the sacrifice of the Eucharist are one single sacrifice. Not only the manner of offering and only the manner of offering them is different. By uniting ourselves with his sacrifice, we can make our lives a sacrifice to God. All of us who are with and in Christ have this noble duty and obligation, that of leading others to God. Our secular and civil leaders, those that we've elected to govern us, also have this duty of leading people in the ways of the common good. As Christians, we love and cherish everything that God has given us, and we believe that only by following the lead of the Good Shepherd can we be certain that we are walking the right path. And God has given us shepherds on earth to continue his guiding and teaching role. We listen to the voice of the shepherd who guides us to pastures which are green and refreshing. Our contemporary world, buffeted and confused as it is by so many conflicting voices and ideologies, needs the constant, gentle, certain voice of the Good Shepherd to lead us always to the house of the Lord. Mary is the mother of the Good Shepherd, the mother and queen of all creation. In her glorified body, together with the risen Christ, she has reached the fullness of beauty in creation. She treasures the entire life of Jesus in her heart, and she now understands the meaning of all those things. Hence, we can ask her to enable us to look at this world with the eyes of wisdom and through the eyes of the Good Shepherd. Let us pray. Show favour, O Lord, to your servants, and mercifully increase the gifts of your grace, that made fervent in hope, faith and charity, they may be ever watchful in keeping your commands. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.